Hey, this is Pastor Bradley, and I want to welcome you to the Res Church podcast. Res Church is a place where people discover life through knowing and following Jesus. And so we hope that you will be blessed by this message. So you guys, please give a warm welcome to Pastor Barr. Thank you. He's wanting to eat barbecue this week. (laughs) I can tell. Uh, But uh, so good to have you here today. If you're a first-time visitor, I'm Pastor Barr, one of the pastors here. And if you're visiting, we trust that you will take the time to fill out the uh, connection card right in front of you. There should be a rack. And if you'll take that card back to our table in the back, we have a gift for you. Amen? I'd like to just start this morning by saying a few words about Pastor Keith's uh, life group. Uh, I had a situation a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago now. I needed some real strong backs and weak minds <laughs> and he brought several of his life group men <laughs> and even Cody <clears throat> I'm sorry it's too good to miss uh, uh, and they helped me uh, Robert, uh, Robbie Quinn was also there to help me in moving uh, my sister-in-law had passed away, and I had to vacate her house rather quickly, and they came to my aid, and I really appreciate it. That's what life groups are about, helping one another, and they were a real help and blessing to me. <clears throat> Good to have my wife with us today. Uh, yeah. She's not been able to be with us for a while, even though she's in a wheelchair today, she is with us. She has a lot of trouble with her feet, Uh, and she is uh, my life. Probably the only reason I'm still here and living is because of her. Uh, I admit that to you. I won't admit that to her, but uh, (laughs) thank you for being with us. It's a joy. I remember as a kid, uh, I grew up at Myrtle Beach. Uh, That's why I don't like the beach today. I grew up there. I spent a lot of years. And I remember often going down to the beach to uh, go swimming, and we'd go in about 2nd Avenue with the 2nd Avenue Pier used to be. I'm not even sure that it's still there, but... We'd start there and go in and we'd swim for maybe an hour or so. And I'd look up and I'd realize I was not in the same place I went in. I had drifted up to about 7th or 8th Avenue. Then I had to walk all the way back down to where I'd put my towels and stuff. Any of you ever identify with that? Have you ever gone into water and you found yourself just enjoying yourself only to discover 
where you went in was not where you realized where you were when you started, but you were further down. What had happened? You had drifted. There's a current. Without realizing it, you had moved two, three, four, five blocks in a matter of just a little time. So today I want to talk to you about spiritual drifting. It's really been on my heart lately concerning how easy it is to drift away from God and the things of God. Do you realize that it it doesn't take much effort to drift away from God? And I want to I want to just talk to you out of my heart this morning. I want to give you some grandfatherly advice, okay? Hopefully that will help you. Today we come to the final chapter of the book of Nehemiah, chapter 13. After all the great success and the spiritual renewal that we have in this book, chapter 13 is a sad account. If you were looking for a chapter to tell you about how they lived happily ever after, it's not chapter 13. This chapter speaks volumes to this generation. From the days of Nehemiah to this very day, there is still the problem of drifting away from God and the things of God. It happens to every generation, every people. We have to be careful. So what I'm going to do today is to try to help us deal with spiritual drifting. In chapter 10 of this book, you remember that the law was read and they made great confessions They made great vows. They signed oaths that they were going to follow all of the commands of God. They had good intentions. They made commitments to God. But when Nehemiah returns, he has gone back to being a cupbearer for the king. He returns back to Jerusalem about 12 years later and he finds that every one of the vows and commitments they had made, they had broken. What a sad commentary on the people of God. So in chapter 13, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I wish I could, but I want to select a few verses. I want to begin reading in verse 4 and 5 of the 13th chapter. Now before this, Elishab, the priest, who was appointed over the chambers of the house of our God and who was related to Tobiah. How many of you remember who Tobiah is? Anybody? (laughs) Pastor Bradley, Pastor Keith, they have flunked this test. (laughs) Tobiah was the arch enemy of 
of the people who were trying to build the wall. He was constantly harassing the children of God. And this priest was related to Tobiah. And he gave, prepared for Tobiah a large chamber where they had previously put the grain offering and the frankincense and the vessels and the tithes of grain and wine and all which were given by commandment to the Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and the contributors and the contributions for the priest. You remember that they were to bring their offerings. It was to be stored in this particular room. Remember this. The priest being married to one of the relatives of Tobiah had given him a room in the temple of God. And when you read that, it, he, he, Nehemiah comes back and he discovers that. And he's the only one. Think about the fact that no one else in the whole of Jerusalem either recognized it or cared that Tobiah had moved into the temple. But Nehemiah saw it as a disgrace to the house of God. Skip down to verse 10. And let's look. Nehemiah said, I also found out that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them so that the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled to their own fields. Think about this now. This place, this room, was the place for all the tithe and the grain and all of the uh, necessary ingredients for the priest and the leaders of the house of God was to be placed. They had promised to keep the house of God. They had promised not to abandon the sanctuary of the Lord. But Nehemiah finds them. They kept themselves apart from the pagans, if you look at verse uh, 10, Nehemiah finds through the Jews had vowed to faithfully keep this up. They had some way abandoned that and the priest and the leaders of the house of God had to abandon it and go back to their fields to grow their crops to survive. So because they had failed to keep that vow of keeping the house of God. The priests and the leaders of the house had to abandon it. Look at verse 15. In those days I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath, and I warned them on that day when they sold food. If you read the rest of that section, you'll discover that he made them lock the gates until the Sabbath was over. And some of the uh, those are sellers of goods. They camped outside, and finally Nehemiah just simply told them, "If you do this anymore, I'm going to lay hands on you." Keep that in mind. Skip down to verse 23. 
Finally, they had drifted far from their commitment of intermarrying. Listen, in those days also, Nehemiah said, I saw the Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod, and they could not speak the language of Judah, but only the language of each people. And I confronted them and cursed them and beat some of them and pulled out their hair. Where's Pastor Keith? That's where he got his training right there. Only kidding. He's back there. I, I read that and I said, Pastor Keith right there. Grabs them and deals with them. Now I know when we read this, this seems so foreign to us. But in actuality, it's closer to us than we realize. So I, I want to just take a few minutes this morning and remind you of three things that I think if we will do, we will not drift away from the principles and values and the things of God. First thing I want you to think about is the fact that their commitments in chapter 10. Can I tell you this morning, it takes more than commitment to resist spiritual drifting. We need Jesus. We need Him. Commitments are the actions that we do. You know, we make commitments to pray and to read the Bible. And commitments are a good thing. It's not bad. But what it does, it does not nail down your heart. It is something we pledge to do. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. That is commitment. What we need is for Jesus Christ to become so real and so steadfast in our life that we are not easily moved by the currents of this present culture in which we live today. The culture of our day is causing many people to drift. I would have never dreamed certain people would have ever left their anchor. But over the time that I have watched their life, many people have, without realizing, without thinking, they have drifted away from the principles and the values and the things of God. They commit, but you need more than just a New Year's resolution. I commit things. That, that, that's what happens to a lot of marriages. We just, with our actions, we commit, but with our hearts are far away sometimes. We need commitment, but we also need Jesus Christ to do something great in our life. Our hearts are prone to wonder. Remember the song we sing occasionally here when it talks about come thou fount of blessings, remember that? I like verse 3. It, it, it reminds me of me. He says, Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, 
I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take it, seal it, seal it for thy courts above. We need Jesus. We need him desperately. We need him consistently in our life to keep us from drifting and moving from what God has given to us. Commitment can bind our actions, but our wandering hearts need a real deep experience with God. And it is not just a Sunday morning thing. How many of you often hear say, I often hear say, well, this is my secular life and this is my sacred life. To the child of God, there is no separation. There's no secular and spiritual. There is a sacred spiritual life as a believer in Jesus Christ that we should be living. And we should do it consistently every day. Commitment's good, but being bound to Jesus, Lord, bind my heart to Thee. It's a wandering heart. Listen, I've been on this journey a long time. Probably most, probably only one or two maybe in this room longer. But I can tell you to this very day, over 62 years, I still find myself having to have Jesus, not just my commitment that I made, but I need Him. I need Him to work in my life on a daily basis to live this life for Him. Second thing I want you to notice, we need to continually be treasure hunting in the Scriptures to fight spiritual drift. I'm not going to do it, but in your mind, I, I want you to just answer me this to yourself, okay? How many times have you read the Bible in the last week? Don't, don't raise your hand. How much time have you spent studying Scripture this week? Then you wonder why you find yourself drifting from God. We need to spend time treasure hunting in the Scripture. We here at Res Church, we study the Bible deeply, deliberately, and desperately to grow our affection for God and for each other. We study the Scripture. Now, Nehemiah doesn't tell us exactly what happened. But I think if we take the Scripture and put some things together we can see some clues from the scripture why these people drifted away from God in ways probably we find ourselves drifting. First thing, think about this. Nehemiah finds, first of all, he sees Tobiah living and working out of the temple of the Lord where the tithes and the offering should have been stored and the grain, all of that was now gone. And when Nehemiah arrived on the scene, he threw everything out of that room and had it fumigated. Read it. It's in there. It's in the scripture. Sort of reminds you of Jesus, doesn't it? Remember when he went to the temple? He turned over the tables. Pastor Keith showed up again. <laughs> I mean, he got radical with them. 
Nehemiah got radical with the people. He, he threw everything out of the house that Tobiah had put in there and had it cleaned out. Second thing, notice that the people had stopped tithing altogether. They had given up. And because of this, the priests, the singers, the gatekeepers all had to abandon the house of God to go to work to survive. I think that right there is the key to their wandering and drifting. Can I tell you today, when they had forsaken the house of the Lord and their forsaken giving to the temple of the Lord, all of a sudden they didn't have the priest or the leaders of spiritual things to call them back to obedience to God. When you leave the word of God out, you have nothing to direct you in the right direction to God. That is the only anchor. You can, you can tie up there. You can bind yourself to the word of God and it will keep you. But can I tell you, when you begin to stay away from the scripture, when you fail to attend the Bible studies, and I'm on this thing, I'm a pastor, I think you ought to be in church. I'm a believer in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we often hear a whole lot about what's wrong with the church. Have you ever thought about what's right about the church? It's the greatest thing. It is the bride of Christ. I hear people say, you know, I love, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. That's like walking up to a man and say, man, I like you a lot, but I hate your wife. <laughs> Same thing. I love Jesus, but I don't love his church, his bride. Listen, the church is important because it teaches the word of God. And that, listen, the reason these people had drifted away and got away from the things of God, they had no priest. They had no one to call them back to Scripture. We need to dig into the Word corporately and personally. That's why you need a good study ethic at home, but you need to find yourself in the house of God hearing the Word of God preached and taught. You have three of the greatest preachers in this whole area. <laughs> I'm halfway kid. We got two and a half real good ones. I'm not going to tell you who the half is, but we are so blessed. And, and, and really, I, and I say that sincerely, we are blessed to have ministers who teach us the Word of God. It'll call, that's why we, listen, we don't get up here and rant and rave. Well, I don't do much of that. Pastor Keith, he kind of rant. I'm on him today. <laughs> but that's why, that's why we stay after you. It's not because we're mad with you. It's not that we don't care. We just feel like God has placed us here as the shepherds for you to help you and call you back from that drift so easily drifting. And that's why we beckon you back. We call you. We preach the word and the word draws you back into obedience. We all need to be reminded of what God has done for us. 
I often tell my students sometimes a preacher is a good reminder. We just remind people of what they already know. When we look at this story and this chapter, they became indifferent to the Sabbath because they had no one to call them back to obedience. Men began to intermarry. They were unconcerned. They were more complacent. They didn't think about raising their children. With a famine of the Word of God, all commitments that were made began to fall apart and they drifted away from what they had promised and committed to. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 tells us this. Listen closely. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not what? Does that say something to us today? We need to pay close attention to what you have heard. You don't come to church on Sunday morning to hear a new Bible nugget and it say, oh, that's tasty, and we go off and forget it. No, you don't do that. Here's what, Nehemiah, I, I like what the Hebrew writer said in the message. Eugene Peterson says it this way. It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. Hold on to what you've heard. The remedy for drifting is obvious. You have to stay close and hold on to what you have heard. Thank God for the word and you need to hear it. You need to study it. It'll what, it it's what will keep you when the currents of this day are flooding as they are today. It is so rampant in our world. Everything, listen, nothing in this world I've discovered is drawing me to God. The currents of this world will not draw you to God. Only God's word, his power, his spirit will draw you to himself. God help us. James said it this way in James chapter 1. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently in, at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. You see yourself, then you get away from it and you forget it. We need to be reminded constantly from God's word about what he wants of us. There are incremental, I think, stages. That's why you need to be in church consistently like hearing the scripture over and over again. Please listen at best, at best today, our minds. You know, retention today is only a matter of seconds. We talk about children are so, you know, their attention span is so short. You know what I've discovered? Adults aren't far behind. Everything's so fast moving today. That's why I hate commercials on TV. They're gone before I even know what they said. <laughs> maybe, my mind, maybe my mind's working slower. That may be it. 
Everything's moving so fast and, and, and we, our attention span. We need to stop and think and be still before God and let his word penetrate our hearts. When Jesus saw the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation, remember what he said? You've left, you've abandoned, you've slipped away from your love for me. And he says to him, what you need to do is to go back and repent and do your first works again. There is a clear danger when we stop reading, studying, and hearing God's word. There's a real danger. Number three, very quickly. We need authentic community to battle spiritual drift. At Resurrection Church, growing in Christ always happens in community, together. We are better together. In authentic relationships, we find encouragement and strength on the journey of faith in Christ. Commitment is good, but community, belonging to one another, you know what I've discovered in being in church all of my life? I, I don't remember a time of not being in church. I remember when I used to sleep, we had old wood slat pews. You can't identify with that, but I'm talking way out of my league here. I remember sleeping under the old, you know those old slatted pews? They were quite interesting. You'd sit down on it, pinch, and you'd jump up and holler, and they think they thought, "Well, the Lord blessed them real good." <laughs> but but I remember sitting on them, and they'd pinch you in a hurry. You know, listen, I remember church. I I know what church is all about, and and it is good. I've seen all the bad. I'm not I'm not naive. There's there's some bad in the church. I I understand that. Because we're human, there are things that go on that shouldn't. And I, I, I'm sorry for that, but that's a reality. But I'm telling you today, all the years of my life, I would not change my Christian experience from being in church and getting together with people and building relationship with people. I have discovered I'd rather have a church family than money. I'm going to tell you, that may sound strange. Some of you are pretty poor this morning. I know you're wanting money. But I'm here to tell you, it's good to have a church family. Commitment to one another. That's what we're about. That's why we help one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. That's what the writers of Scripture is constantly telling us. One another. Be with one another. The reality, we live in a world and our hearts have a tendency to be drawn away. But listen to this, Hebrews chapter 10. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Preachers love that. as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another and even more as that day approaches. The coming of the Lord is near. And we need to encourage one another to stay close to Christ. Stay close to the things of God. I believe we're called not only to believe, but he has called us to belong. Belong to the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Let us be faithful to one another. I can't tell you this morning the times that have had it not been for the church, the body of Christ, I don't know what I would have done. I would have given up. I probably would have lost my way. I would have drifted far away from God. But it was because of God using someone in the body of Christ to call me and speak a word or to write me a note or say something kind that encouraged me. Listen, you ought to help one another. Look around and see somebody. Sometime I get to thinking about people and I just want to call them and say, you know, I'm praying for you. You don't know what that will do for one another. Just drop a note. Well, emails, text. You can tell right off I'm not hip on that. But I, like, I sat down and wrote two notes yesterday to individuals thanking them for sure. I just like to write a note. I want you to know you're loved. The body of Christ is here for you today. We're here to help you. If you bel- That's why belonging is so important. You remember what Jesus said to the church at Revelation of the church of Ephesus. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, where you have drifted to, and repent and do the first works again. This morning, if you find yourself having drifted from God, the things of God. Things have cooled off in your life. You're not as hot for Jesus as you were in the past. Could we be honest today? Listen, I know. I've been at it a long time and I still find myself having to check and say, Lord, I don't want to drift away from you. I don't want to drift away. Nehemiah closes this whole section with calling the people back to God. You know what Jesus came to do is to bring us back to God. And you know what I found? Jesus constantly is bringing us back to God. You know, when he died on the cross, someone said he reached into heaven, got the Father's hand and reached down and got your hand and brought us together. With God. That's what God is, through His Son, is constantly doing, is bringing us back to the Father. When we drift, He wants to pull us back. If you study church history, you will discover that people are people. And some drift, and all drift. They have since time began. So today, I want to ask you, if you'd be just be honest with yourself, 
praise team is coming. I want you, as we begin to sing in just a moment, to just ask yourself, have I drifted away from where I started? You know, I, I looked up as a kid and I didn't see anything familiar from where I went in. It didn't take but a little bit by little bit and I had moved away from where I got in. And it is easy to get busy with life and get so preoccupied with living and doing that we drift away from the things of God. So my prayer is for us today to be honest and ask ourselves, God, have I drifted? Have I left those things I committed to do? Lord, I want to be faithful to your, obe your, your commandments. I want to be obedient to them. That's my prayer for us today. Would you stand with me, please? Father, would you speak to us? Lord, it is so easy to slip away from what we know to be true. And we know it is even good for us, but yet some way the currents of today pull us away from you. Lord, if there's one here this morning that would be honest with themselves and say, Lord, I repent. I, I have drifted from you. I, I have not been obedient to your commands. And I want, to, I want to start all over again, God. Help me. My heart is prone to wander. Speak to us this morning. Help us to pray as we sing this song. Lord, let us just commit ourselves afresh to you this morning. In Christ's name, amen. We hope that the Lord has blessed you through today's message and we would love to hear from you. Tell us how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. You can also help us reach others by investing at resfaith.com give. Thanks again for joining us.